You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Monsoy Shabbos Kodesh, Yom Shvi Shalchanukah, this must be an extra special, incredible version of Rizcho Daraisa. I'm here with I guess, in order of their chronological ages, Hagoyin Reb Yosef Gavriel Bechafer, and with him, uh, his brother, the other Goyin Bechafer, Rab Yochanan Meir Bechafer, um, Rosh Hashiva, right? Of Evan Shasia? Is that, is that your... Is that your... Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, director, Rosh Hashiva, whatever you want. Head director. Of... You're the director of Evan Shasia. Yes. All right. Yes. The Shnei Sari Toyrevatsmam, Shnei Tantarezov, we have them here together. It's mamish overwhelming. I, I, I hope I'll be able to have, I guess I should off, oh, you know, offer up a tefillah that I'll have the Kayach to be able to be oimed, uh, as it were, uh, with these incredible ruches, chazokes of the two Bechhofer bros. But we shall try. We shall Probably try. not, but you, you know, maybe you got some Saturday Shmaya. <laughs> Yes. You know, I was thinking, by the way, before Rav Yechenen graces us with his brilliance, I was thinking that one thing that I don't know if anybody really talks about, um, I know that the Bnei Soscher does a lot of diukim on, on the Balanisim, um, but it's interesting when we talk about uh, that these Bonov, that we know Yehuda is like the most foremost, they got along pretty well. Those brothers interestingly, right? I mean, they seem to have recognized what each one's tafkid was. I mean, after Yehuda dies, and then someone else comes over and takes it over, but it yeah. seems like it seems like the Chashmanoyim are a nice symbol for the Bechafer family, right? Brothers that really understand their different koyches, each one being a little bit different, unique, being able to mashpi in a different era. So I think it's it, it, I think it's like Tsugipas that we have the, the modern day uh, flattering, uh, but you know we have to realize that the uh, um, the children of Matisio um, they had a common enemy, and some of them died in battle, so they had really a lot of uh, things to hold them together. The generation after that, you know, they started the power struggles and the civil wars. You know, yes, yeah, so, exactly. But that, you, so in other words, you're saying, Rabbi Yechon, in that door, we shouldn't put so much stock into the commonality of brotherhood that. That, that, that reigned in that first glorious period. It's because they had that, as you say, uh, they were united against uh, the, the terrible Gorgon-like enemy of, of, of Antiochus. Uh, right. no, no, we, we should turn to the Bible uh, to understand what brotherhood is, I think. You know, you, you mentioned the Saskar, but, you know, Rav Tzadik is very big on the idea that you have to look at the first time something is mentioned in the Torah to find its shorish, you know, as you know, because you know, from the Gemara Baba Kama, Dafnun Hey, Horea Tespis, Kalomo, Simon Yafulo, Al Pasal Kosov, Lutoiva. So I think we should look to the wisdom of the Bible. Once you're saying the Bible, Rabbi Yechonen Mayer, why don't you be consistent? Why don't we just use a whole King James sort of jargon to speak with? You know, as you wish. You start the Bible. Whether it's Canaan, whether it's Yitzhak and Ishmael, you know, Isaac, excuse me, Isaac and Ishmael, you know, and, uh, Yaakov and Esav and and of course the Parshtari now Yosef you know it's in Yosef Gabriel and his brothers you know uh, uh, that, that's it that's you know um, uh, it, 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 it's been that way since you know uh, since time immemorial there's uh, there's a uh, 
Sibling rivalry is as so old it's, as so, the world itself. Right. And what about here between the Yochanan? I mean, this is your Chag. Hanukkah is more your Chag. Yeah, yeah, Yosef, but we read sort of the, the background. Yeah, but so we read the parshas of Yosef, but we, yeah, yeah. But we of course exalt Yochanan. So there is a little bit of sibling rivalry between the two of you, isn't there? I, I thought so, but I, I think that's natural. I think that's you know, as we said, this this is how it's. If there isn't, there'll be something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go. You know, as we see from the beginning of time, and how you know the uh, you know brother is portrayed, you know, in uh, you know in the Torah itself from the beginning. You know, okay, but you know this is uh you know, but this is a good thing. Esvayv basufa, you know, feel av, you know, vivino harav and talmido, you know, nasin avim zelazet, venim zelazet, nasin avim zelazet. It's like the destiny of Kaiser, right? Eventually, Ephraim loyet source Yehuda, Yehuda loyet source Ephraim. I think the two of you have similar perspectives because you're both younger brothers. So you should be able to commiserate with each other. <laughs> I want to know about you two guys. Do you guys ever like decide, hey, I want to learn up a sugi together. Let's learn together. You guys ever, do the two great Bechah for Goinim ever learn Biachat at all? We have, I have letters from we used to correspond in Torah. That was years ago, years and years ago. Um, yeah, okay. That was a very, very long time ago. No, I, I'm also not much of a writer. Um, no? You know, I'm not a, my, my brother, by, uh, by, by, by tremendous contrast, you know, it, it seems like the words just go from from his head down to his fingertips, and he writes. Right. He you know, use, for me, writing use, is a very, very, very hard and takes a very long time, and I really do not enjoy it. So that's another way you're like me, in a way. In case, uh, in case you're wondering, yeah. Oh, Some, sometimes it actually skips his brain, though. Like it's in his head, it skips <laughs> his brain, and goes into his fingers and into his work. That's process. a higher level of inspiration. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that, that's what he says afterwards, even after you show all anyway, the Anyway, I don't want to share with us a thought. It's just a cute thought that really, I, I don't know how many people are subscribed to Rizla, and it's too bad you because know? it will come out Nittelnacht. I had a throwback. I had a memory to, uh, you know, for many years ago from Rabshragi Neuberger. Um told me the following line, you know, the famous Gemara in Chulin, right, that everything that's also the same mutter tastes just like it, right? right. So he said in the name, boy, he said in brisk, right? So, okay. Bittel Torah's Geschmack, what's mutter that's just like it? Talking and learning. Right. So I think you know Krishna could be the place where the nittlers and the non-nittlers all get together, uh-huh. right? right. You know, Another, talking, talking, learning. You know, it, it, it's not real learning, uh, but you won't be nanash for bittul Torah. This could be the this could be the ma'ache uh, of those who do nittul and those who don't do nittul. They could all come to one place to Rizcha, and everyone's okay. No one has any guilt. <laughs> very good, very well put. I do tell people often that you probably sh- don't need to make birchas atayir to listen to uh, to rischa, especially if, if it's b'machshava in the morning. Yes, but there are sometimes when your brother and I uh, do uh, somehow bring out some sort of uh, idea of learning. Uh, although, as you say tonight, the nittel uh, people are nizar. What about you, Rabbi Yochanan? Have you been? Uh, have you? Are you nizar generally in nittel? Not the Open up the the, the shas and poiskim and be one ba'inkashalacha. What's your usual hanhog of nitul? Look, um, I did not grow up uh, uh, doing nitul. Didn't even hear of it till uh, 
my I was in my teens. Um, you know, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like you know Tisha B'av. You know, for some people, Tisha B'av is the one day a year that they learn, okay. right? Because you know, it's it's my Gnuvim Yim Taku, right? You yes. know, the HR makes you know, it's 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 like the one day a year that you know that people actually open a safer because it's Osir. Um, you know, and I have to say, sometimes, you know, I get that itch on Nittal, maybe Bedafka to learn, you know, uh, because others aren't. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I did not uh, grow up in circles that uh, that observed it. Now, now, here's an interesting thing. One night when I was learning in Baltimore, uh, my father called me, I love a show, uh, to uh, inform us, you know, inform me. Uh, that it is our minna. We I uh, should not be learning Torah, you know. You know, and, and you're you're on you're on the Narizo campus of Mount Wilson Lane. If you're not learning Torah, there really is nothing to do. You know, it's uh, you know, you know, it's you you would go. Uh, there's really nothing to do. You know, you're stuck on campus. Uh, but then I con- I uh, I reached out to my cousin Jakey. You know, Yaakov Bekoffer. So. I know him very well. This is my chavrusa. Right. He was my chavrusa when I was in tenth grade, and yes. we. And we finished Masechtas Makas together. And uh, a, a very, very, I went to visit him in South Bend a number of times. Wonderful person. Of totally, course. totally unlike you guys. I'm saying when I met your brother, I could not believe this was the same family. Because I knew Davey as well. There's, your side of the family is completely different. Yeah, so what did Yaakov, what did Rabbi Yaakov say? No, Yaakov said he confirmed that Irv Breuer kept Nittel. He was on he said her Breuer observed Nittal, did not learn Torah Nittal Nach, and he had relayed, he told me that he had relayed that to Rav Ruderman, and Rav Ruderman laughed, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, was, and uh, was very dismissive, and called it a galechter, a joke. Uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, prior to that, I, you know, I'd, you know, I'd just been vaguely aware of it, so I didn't know it was our minog, and, um, like so I since, said, you know, so involved... since that time, since that time, you've sort of had to adopt it, especially since I've noticed, uh, again, I, I have heard about some of your drushes. My brother tells me about it, and I heard from other places. It seems to be uh, laced with a number of chesedish machshavas and ideas. So it seems like you've sort of adapted a more chesedic mentality, right? I mean, you know, uh, you know, ish, you know, radzin, uh, and that was. Uh... You know, Definitely Rashbaugh. Rashbaugh. What? Yeah, well, that, that was Rashbaugh, my Rebbe, Rosh Shapiro. He sent me those for him. So Ishbitzer Radzin, you know, more the more you know uh, heady type of Polish Hasidus. Um, you know, I've dabbled in Chabad. I find it very, very hard, very hard. Uh, but uh, I do. Uh, so I'm saying, since uh, would you say that the, the the your spiritual outlook is very much now based on your Rebbe or Moshe Shapiro's? Uh, uh, you know, stress. I, I, I would make that question more, uh, a little bit more precise. Go, I would ask Rabbi Yechonon how he uh, dances at both chasnas of Rabbi Weinberg and Rabbi Shapiro. There's two rabbi Rabbi Muvakim. They're very different. Yeah, I mean, okay. Have you ever given that thought before? Uh, of course, I've given it thought. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I had mentioned uh, something about this. Um, just uh, last weekend. So maybe I we should say, maybe we should inform our listeners. Rav Shmuel Yaakov Weinberg, the Olav Shalom, the Rosh Hashiva of Ner Yisrael, and Rav Shapiro, who was the Rosh Hashiva of 
uh, I know he was a I think his name was Rabbi Yaakov Shmuel Weinberg. Shmuel, Because yeah. really my, my uncle, uncles call him by his Russian tables very often. <laughs> I hear. Um, yeah. So, so, <laughs> um, so Weinberg from Neri Yisrael, who has Slonimer connections, and he was a cousin to Slonimer Rebbe, and, um, and Rav Moshe Shapiro, uh, who was known as the great Balmach Shova of the yeshiva world, um, so how are they different, uh, Yosef Gavriel? That uh, that Rav Weinberg was more. He was more of a rationalist. I, uh, even though the Hasidus inspired him, I think he was much more of a rationalist. And Moshe Shapiro was more of a mystic. But Rav Yochan should correct me about that's wrong. Yeah, but you know, um, well, first of all, personality-wise, uh, they were both very, very straight shooters. Uh, they said exactly what they thought. Uh, they didn't have patience for uh, political games. Um, you know, a, a very uh, were very frustrated with the establishment. Found the establishment uh, very mediocre. Uh, you know, and and both had a certain naivete that they thought that they ought not to pay a price for expressing their candid views of the mediocrity of the establishment. Uh, you know, because they're saying the truth. Uh, but, you know, uh, they were both very excluded from uh, the mainstream yeshiva world. Uh, you know, I don't know, uh, my Ramos Shapiro, Besof Yomov, you know, uh, when he got in with the Wolfson, uh, did he really make it into the mainstream or he just had enough power around him to establish his own stream? You know, that's something for uh, the historians to think about. You know, uh, Wasn't he ready in Stanford for several years, wasn't he? He Stanford was, yes. Stanford yes, he was. Is yeshivish. And then he dropped off. Then he, then he, he, you know, he was he bounced around to Itri, you know, to Splittery, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, and in that, you know, uh, displaced persons camp for all displaced Russia yeshiva or Samech, together with <laughs> Doug Schwartzman. <laughs> well, we, you know, we, he actually worked for Doug Schwartzman for a while in Beis Talmud. Yes. Yes. Along with my Rebbe, Rebbe Yechonen Zweig, or Moshe Shapiro, I mean, they had a, a, an incredible set. Rebbe Yechonen Zweig is also Yechonen's Rebbe. It's not just your Rebbe. I see. Yes. But, okay, but I yes. will tell you, look, uh, the truth is, is that I had this close to speak to Rebbe Weinberg a number of times, and he was already wounded from his whole Toronto experience. And I'm older than you, Yechonen. So when I was in Neri Yisrael in the, in the early 70s, he was coming back from his nefila in Toronto. And he was, even at that point, he's found himself shackled and in many ways, uh, you know, bound by what was happening in Aries Row. So when you became close to him years later, um, he, he was still outspoken and doing his stuff. Because when I remember him, he, he seemed to still be reeling from that whole terrible Toronto experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, of course, he... Uh... He was a lot more outspoken to his uh, inner circle, you know, uh, you know, things that he told us, oh, you know, we, uh, his chaburo. We were with him uh, for dinner. We once cooked him a little Shabbos dinner when his Rebetzin was out of town. Uh, me, Lachman, Spetner, um, who else was there? I think Levy Langer was there. And, you know, and, uh, you know when he was in uh, close company uh, that he could trust, he spoke his mind. Uh, you know, and at that dinner, he told us what he thought about the Moetzes. Uh, you know, and uh, he also mentioned that here's the interesting thing 
he also mentioned that he was at an Agudah convention and gave a talk of how Agudah Israel has already ended its historical mission and uh, the future of Klaiso lies by the yeshivas. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he, then he turned to Levi Langer, who was a grandson of Moshe Scherer, and said, and your grandfather gave me Yashakoch. Okay, so then why is it a wonderment that X amount five, six, seven years later, when the Moetzes was expanding its ranks, he wasn't added? And that was the famous year that uh, Baltimore boycotted the Aguda Convention. You know, I was I was uh, I was surprised that they were surprised. Uh, I don't think he was surprised. I was surprised that they were surprised. I mean, uh, if you if you're going to uh, speak your mind about the establishment just because you're saying the truth, don't expect this. And as, when I was in in the yeshiva, there was uh, the base medrash was in many ways polarized between the small group of Weinberg knickers and and the people who uh, championed Rav Kalevsky really thought that Rakulevsky stood for, you know, what a Rosh Hashiva should be. Revertiment at that point um, was basically, you know, very much a figure. And he would only come in on Arab Shabbos uh, and give a, a Chabura or some sort of shear, and sometimes Shabbos afternoon. But he was pretty much, you know, uh, you know, letting seemingly Rav Weinberg run the show. I'm sure you're aware of that period also, right? When it was... You know, yeah, was, well, I, I got there later when Rebuman was really, really... Uh... Were really very uh, infirm. Um, I had the privilege of taking care of him a few times uh, in the last months of his life. You know, my slot was from Wednesday from 12 to 1. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, in my day, uh, you know, uh, you know, people were, um, you know, not the exclusion of Weinberg, but, you know, uh, Rav Tzvi Berkowitz was the big uh, up-and-coming star at those days. Uh, who himself is a Tom of Weinberg. So I, I didn't feel that there was any tension with Weinberg or someone else. It was, you know, you're either into Rav Weinberg or you're not into Rav Weinberg, one or the other. So right? would you would you say he is the most formative uh, of your, who formed most of your approach in terms of, of learning and, and would it be Rav Weinberg or is it like your brother? I mean, yes, yeah, so it, it was definitely, it was definitely Rav Weinberg meaning because I actually sat and learned Gemara with him, you know, so how to zero in on points, how to, uh, you know, uh, you know, make the Yukim, you know, reason things out. Uh, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, uh, you know, uh, even though there was a difference in style, uh, they, they had a very a, a lot of commonality in their, uh, you know, in who they were. Uh, so I'm trying to explain, you know, Rav Weinberg was uh, very frustrated with the mediocrity of the establishment. Okay, Rav Moshe was also. Let me tell you one antidote, which I'm always told not to say over, uh, because it's just too sharp, too sharp, right? But this is Rizcha. Right, and, and I want to see how many subscribers you will lose because you had me on. Right, he once came into Shear, Ramosha. You know, we had our Shear in the Friday, I was in the Friday afternoon Chabura. Uh, and he was uh, not as often was, you know, he was in a you know, was not happy. Something had you know, some, something had annoyed him. Uh, so uh, he had told us that, um, you know, earlier in the week. Uh, a, a young uh, man for he was hanging out in Orsamech at that, you know, in, in, in that Kufa. Earlier in the week, a young uh, Bachor Tov, can I say this in the Brit? I'll say this in the Brit, right? Uh, 
אז, אז בחור טוב מרוסיה, הוא כבר אצלנו איזה שנתיים מתקדם יופי, בחור נהדר. אז הוא ניגש אליי, הוא אומר, הרב, יש לי שאלה. אז תשאל בני, אבל לא נעים לי. תשאל, אבל זה באמת לא נעים לי. אז אתה, אין לך מה לפחד, תשאל. הרב, זה באמת נכון שהתורה זה אור גדול? כן. אז למה כולם פה אידיוטים? And he started banging the table, all right, Lama Kulam Idiotin! Loya Dati Mala Noto! So, I mean, please, you know, it's, uh, you know, they really, and by the way, they liked each other, Rav Moshe and Rav Yaakov Wamber. I told Rav Yaakov Wamber, I'm leaving the Neri Shah, learn about Moshe. He was very, very encouraging. A lot of people were very negative, including my older brother. You know, you're going to go to Israel, you know, single. I was 27 at the time. You're not going to do a shidduch, what's going to be. You know, Rav Weinberg was, uh, was very supportive. You know, uh, you'll go. He makes things very clear. And that's a good point also. They both were masbir very, very well. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, 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 were, they were excellent in Hezbern breaking things down. Each one in his uh, area of expertise, right? And I think I think they both I think they both rejected what was considered like the standard sprach. One of the things Rav Kolevsky was was incredible at was uh, distilling what was the yeshiva charade in a very entertaining way. What Rav Weinberg did was start the sugya from scratch. Let's try to understand it in our own terms with our own mind. We don't necessarily have to just open up yet yeah, that Bavusta Rav Chaim, that Bavusta Ktsais. Rav Chaim, he was very into with the Havana from the Shoyrish up. And I think that uh, Rav Moshe Shapiro, in terms of the way he analyzes and dissects Machshava, is, is somewhat similar. Uh, I, I was like, I could hear a number of Shiram from him live. I'm not so crazy about the Ksavim, though. Did he write the Ksavim or is he did not write the Ksavim? The Ksavim, I don't believe, do justice to to him no. completely at all. I, I don't look at any of them, be, and nor do I, you know, uh, I, nor do I look at much from Rav Weinberg in writing because the, neither of them wrote it. They were no, both well, not writers. They were both not writers, and and when you hear the original, you just can't, uh, you, know, you can't be satisfied, you know, uh, you know, with uh, how it's. Uh, been done up, you know, Lafita Havana of a certain Talmud, uh, you know, it just doesn't compare to the original. I, I think if, maybe I'm, I'm mistaken here, but, you know, I once heard of Weinberg say, he says, you know, and he had a certain way of talking, you know, when I when I went to the old Kavana Menerit soil, it was very moving. But when I went to the Rambam, I felt I was coming to Rebbe. That's what he said, that the Rambam was his Rebbe. Uh, on the other hand, though, um, do you think that, like your brother was trying to in- intimate, do you think there existed in Rav Weinberg's way of thinking a uh, such a discord between what we call the Machshava element, like a Rav Tzadik or B'nai Saskor or, or any, or the Ishbitzer, and the, the philosophical approach that, the, that permeates the Rambam's Machshava? Uh, yeah, okay, well, that, that was a, a major difference uh, between the two. You know, how do, they were both big Rambamists, make no mistake. Uh, we had a lot of uh, Shurim for Moshe where, 
you know, the, the crux of the issue was a Maranavuchim, except that in his mind, he assimilated it, you know, with, uh, with the Kabbalah and, and a lot of things like that. Rav Weinberg did not, uh, he did not go for that type of, uh, you know, that, that type of, you know, synthesizing. Uh, Which, although he used to admit every once in a while that there were some parallels because the Rambam, you know, is the Rambam. So, uh, so when uh, he, he was Machavin, perhaps, but he did not like Rav Moshe's, uh, you know, didn't ascribe to the idea that the Rambam had the Tsar and, and the Rambam uh, had Sisrei Torah and he was Malbishit in, uh, in the philosophical sprout. He did not go for that type of way. He wanted to learn the Rambam in pure. T- I was once, Ramosha once gave us his famous, uh, you know, one of his shurim that, that totally, you know, is, uh, you know, totally trademark of synthesizing the Rambam with Kabbalah. He gave us uh, one of his classic shiurim. Uh, because is one of the guys in the shir was a Rebbe and OJ, uh, you know, the old OJ, and uh, was controlled by all these YU guys. And uh, he said over, this Rebbe said over, this Vort of Moshe, and they went on a tirade calling it historical revi- revisionism, <laughs> and they did a poll of other, you know, uh, YU-oriented uh, uh, rabbis of all the two agree that's all the talk revolution, revolution, meaning what the Rambam says, there are no shadim, there are no kochel satuma, it's all, there is no kishuf, it's all sheker. Rav Moshe gave us a whole shear of explained that is correctly, that is, it is accurately so, because, uh, you know, uh, they don't exist the same way the tov exists, and that's all the Rambam meant to say. Right, the tov, you know, it comes from the shefa, the rajas, it comes from vacuum. It's you know, we, we could sit and talk about you know for a while. Right. And he was uh, he was very angry. He's giving us this sheer in, in uh, and that's all the Rambam meant. The Rambam meant like I'm, I'm oversimplifying. The Rambam meant like what the Nefshachim says in Shar Gimel if you believe in Ob Milvado, you know, totally and you're real with it, nothing has an achiza on you, nothing, nothing. All you know, Ravchanina. Because he believed in Enob Mavadu, he walked right through a witch's den, nothing happened to him. And that's all the Rambam meant to say, right? That's all, you know, and that, you know, it's one of his hallmark shirim where he really pushed the uh, letter, you know, really pushes the envelope. You know, what was your response to that? What? What was your response to that? Forget about why you guys, what was your response? Okay, no, no, so, hey, I, I, I'm, I, look, I am just a Talmud Yoshif Ne Rabbo. I'm asking you, but you're a Talmud. All I'm trying to do is tell a story. I'm not no, telling a story. I am telling a story. Okay, so so I'm just telling you. That I you, watch your opinion. You need your commentary. Uh, okay, on the story. One second. One second. One second. One second. Let me tell the story. I want to tell the story. Okay. So now, so you know, this this is one of Ramesh's big hallmark show where he pushes the envelope to the nth degree, right? Uh, you know, this is why. You know, like the other ones are cute. Listen, the Leshem also is very often miyashiv the Mar Navuchim and you know gets from Mayor Ibn Gabai and says that the the the, the Mayra is more. You know, Richtig according to Kisveri. We have lessons like that. You know, this was just one of these shirim where he really pushed the envelope, right? You know, that you know that which he Durham didn't believe in Kishuf and Shadim, it's all, you know, it is all, you know, Iskan with Halacha, it's Ain Novato. It's okay. So you know, so now the OJ guys, you know, uh, mounted a revolution. They made like some type of circular uh email, you know, everyone agreeing, signing off that this is historical revisionism to try to synthesize. You know, the Rambam with the Mikubalim like this in this way. Okay. 
And so Moshe was uh, really upset that week, uh, that way, and that's why he gave us the whole share from scratch because he had heard about this controversy that was caused by this guy who sent over his Shita and OJ. Okay, so now flash forward, it was within a few weeks, for whatever reason, Rav Yaakov Weinberg was visiting Eretz Yisrael, and uh, he was, uh, you know, so I, I did a, I was living in Neve Yaakov at the time. I did a house swap with a couple in the old city, because he used to be in the old city, to be near his near family. His son, near his son. That's right. Uh, so we I, can I, mention I, his name. Let us mention his name. Yes, Rav Matz. He was yeah, my no, Rebbe as well. Rav is my Shlita, right? Right? You know, who liked my Sefer very much. Uh, my my Sefer I put out. You know, the Evan Shasia and Yudgimu Ikram, which is Rav Weinberg's Torah, for Shabbos lunch. Right? Uh, and that's what we did. Uh, so, you know, I met him at the Koto Plaza, you know, uh, Shabbos Day, walked him uh, to lunch. And, uh, you know, and so over lunch, I'm telling him over, you know, this thing from Ramosha, you know, and the Moshe and the Kishov and the Kohosatoma. So he told me like this, you know, I'm quoting, you know, so, you know, listen, I don't go for this idea that the Rambam secretively had the czar, even though, you know, there are people that think that. Yeah, from, from Ruve Margolis, the whole country is called the Rambam Vazor. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something. You already, and, the, you, you already have the Radzina already has no, you know, you element to that. Ruve Margolis obviously Margolis. started there. Ruve Margolis, I know what you're referring to. Ruve Margolis started there, and he and he found like... And you uh, already have Abraham Balafi wrote a whole... Abraham wrote a beer on Mer Nebuchan This is an alta... No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. This is different because... The, we, it's not the same thing. Ruby Margolius is finding a lot of things in, in, in the Rambam that there's no other source for it other than Zohar. For this whole way of trying to synthesize the Rambam with the Zohar, let alone Kabbalah Sari, because, you know, the terms are totally different. If the Rambam was like, as it were, masquerading the Zohar in terms of he going on, you know, he overdid it. You know, the terms are totally different. The way of thinking is totally different. But he said, but why can't Rav Meisha say what he wants to say? What's these rabbis' problem that they had to go on some type of circular letter? So let a man say what he wants to say. Right? So, so as, as much as that, it's not my way, you know, he's more appalled that you know, somehow, you know, it created a tataram, you know, you disagree with an idea. So what? You know, why that to become like a whole, you know, ASIC over there? Yeah. Here's how you say, you know, this is between Harkava, Mizgis, and Harkava, Shechnis, right? So I'm curious how that translates into Gabon. This is one of your brother's favorite because the Ragged Trevor uses it all the time. And, right, exactly. And, and, and your brother has a piece in the Big Day Sheish about this. So that's right. part of the reason why he's very excited about it. What about Seichel Apoyo? What about the fact that, how, that your Nisham is only created uh, through your Mice and Mitzvahs and your Seichel and it doesn't really exist independently? Yeah. Yeah. Look, if we, would, if we would want to start piling on this against this uh, approach of Ramesha Shapiro, we could make a whole sheer about it. And yes. and again, uh, I'm not trying to dismiss right, your right. brilliance in your okay. but no, me, and no, your brother, sure. me and your brother could be half drunk and we could still tell you how it doesn't seem to make much sense. But it might be... If you're be, completely drunk, it might make sense. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, my time for that, it might work. Yeah. Everything becomes one. But let me get to the point that you, you're asking me about. You asked me about, you know, my, my two rabbeim, you know, so, you know, so he, no, Rav Yaakov Warmer didn't say, is that's what he's telling you in Shir, get out of there. He didn't say that. 
He was a shocked and appalled that, you know, he's not allowed to darsh it wherever he sees, as he sees it. What is this censorship? You know, they, <coughs> they had a mutual respect. They had very similar, you know, analytical approaches, each one in their tchum. And they were uh, quite disgusted with the mediocrity of the situation and the mediocrity of the door. Uh, you know, and, and so there, there's, a, there's a, you know, you know. I have, I have to tell you, there was, I remember when um, I was in Nerius Rome and there was a piece of Kovic Shurim, it was either on Bobakam or Kedushin, where Rav Weinberg said, he, like he said publicly, he says, you should rip that piece out of the safer and throw it away. <laughs> Right. So he, which, which again might be what you're saying. Yes, you have a right to say things, but there were certain, there was a certain manifestations of Torah that he had very little tolerance for, and he was willing to yeah. tell Talmidim that this is Klein Kepelkite and we should just throw it out. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not sure how iconoclastic either of these people were. Uh, I don't know, but I don't either of them. So I never, I don't remember Shapira and I, I think the Rabbi Warburg were very peripheral. But you know, the one of the more disturbing moments I was had in my soldier in there, you saw however brief, was when they had this national macha against Lubavitch Rebbe, the cover in the because he was Pogaya somehow on the cover of Shach. And Rabbi Weinberg gave this tremendously fiery speech against Lubavitch Rebbe about how he stuck in you know uh you know he to the story with Yara Melech and the, the you know. Terminology of Karen Zavis, that whole thing, and that hey, we talk about the Slavic that he stuck a knife into the heart of Torah, and I, I found that to be. I, I went. I remember that you know I was a young naive kid back then. I went to Rabbi Eisman. I was so disturbed by it. I wanted an explanation of how to take this, how to understand this. Now I would not be so naive. So the, um, but uh, I, I, I felt. Would you go to? Mich- you'd go to Moshe Eisman now. <laughs> no, but that's a separate issue. But uh, the point is that um, the point is that. Um, you know, when they had to tell, either he believed in that or he told the line, each of which means that he wasn't that far away from the party line. No, against, uh, if he had a problem with Lubavitch, it's not because he was told or instructed by the establishment to have a party problem with Lubavitch. Well, he followed rebellious space directive to give us the whole truck, give the and every yeshiva against Lubavitch or Abba Pro-Repsa. No, but he, but he, the man never said anything he didn't believe. Rav Weinberg never said anything he didn't believe. I, I understand. That's, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how iconoclastic he actually was. What do you I mean? mean where, where was the, he was very anti-Zionist. He was anti-Lubavitch, right? Where, where, where was the, no, 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 no. anti-Zionist. Yeah, that's, no, but he, he, he was anti-Zionist his own way. Uh, as, as I write in my biography of him in the introduction to my book, Right. So, you know, uh, his parents, you know, Jacob Weinberg's parents were from Tveria, right? They ran away to the United States for, uh, uh, you know, because his father was falsely accused of murder, because uh, in one of his mills, they, uh, they found a dead Arab woman. Uh, so they had to run away. You know, family reunited in America. But his mother wanted to go back to visit her family in Tveria. And uh, she took the young Jacob Weinberg with her. You know, he was a cheder yingo, you know, under bar mitzvah. He was definitely not bar mitzvah yet. And uh, he was, uh, they, uh, she stuck him while she was visiting her family, stuck her, uh, stuck him in a cheder in Tveria. Okay. So now uh, a fire broke out in a kitchen near the cheder and a woman's clothes caught fire. Right. And she burned to death. 
right? And he had heard his Rebbe that he was learning by say to another Rebbe, you know, I probably could have saved her if I would have ripped her clothes off, but how could I do that? Right? Right? And when he heard that, you know, he was, he was that's, that's right, but he said, he asked him if he knew the Gemara at the time, he said he did not know that Gemara. Right? But he was so appalled, Shagabal, he refused to be Makabal Torah from him ever again. He refused to be Makabal Torah from him. So then, you know, they didn't know what to do with him, right? To put him down, he was a big Baal Kishra. To put him up a class, in his words, Nimsa Chaita Nisker. So I can't put him up a class, can't put him down a class. So I sent him to Eitzchayim in Yerushalayim for, for the time that his mother still wanted to hang out. And he told me, so now he's a young kid, less than Barmitzay and Eitzchayim, and the rank and file of the Eitzchayim Rabbeim used to spend all their time ranking on Rav Kook. Rav Kook was still alive at the time. Ranking on Rav Kook. Right, and he told me that he was meditating or thinking about it during recess. Well, because, because, because Mr. Mashkiach was Ravari Levin was the Mashkiach. Yeah, no, 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 no. Ravisazam was the Rashiva, you know. The rank and file, Rabbeim, the rank and file were all Yushami Kanoi, the mediocre ones, the mediocre ones. There you go. The uh, yeah, not Ravisazam, not Ravari Levin. Okay, call a right? So now the um. So he told me he was thinking about it during a recess. That, no, Rebbe's wrong. Rebbe's wrong. Rav Kook is a tzaddik. It can't be that my uncle, the Slonim Rebbe of the time, my uncle, the Slonim Rebbe, rides on donkey back for hours and hours just to daven at the Kaiso and speak to Rav Kook. Rav Kook cannot be a Russia. Right? So he said, right? So, you know, he, and he came to his conclusion all by himself. You know, these are hallmark Rabbi Weinberg stories of how uh, he was uh, fiercely uh, a self-made man, right? But the, the point I want to get to about his being anti-Zion. So, he, so first of all, he held the Ruf Cook, even, all right? He said, we lost. He said, why? He said, they should have just mowed them down, mowed them down. You know, just, you know, the world will be outraged for just a whole weekend. And then the news cycle will turn. We blinked. And because we blinked, we gave them moral standing. So he said back by the first intifada. So, yeah, he was very against the idea of a, of a Medina. And I have to say, you know, uh, you know, he's probably right that it's quite a quagmire. I'm just saying parenthetically, you know, stuff that I, I'm reading right now in, you know, Kikara Shabbat my window to the world, you know, of, of news, right? You know, that right now, you know, we have a very white-wing government, you know, with this Avi Maoz from uh, Nodenon party, right, who's going Rosh Barosh with the Fegelach, right? And, and there's backlash, you know, and, and it really is a, a quagmire to have a state, you know, before Mashiach comes and Yadenu Takifa, you know, as in from Jews, Yadenu Takifa. Right. Okay. But, but I, but I want to get back to but the, you have a, I might interject a question, a personal question. Yes. Okay. You and I both spent three years in Shalvin. Yes. I retain more, 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 I think I retain more of my Shalvin type Hashkafot than you did. Is that correct? Uh, look, I, I don't think, you know, you know, Shalvin had that much of a, you know, Hashkafic imprint on me. Uh, I was, uh, I, I, to be honest, maybe I never put this on public record, but let it be be stated in public record right now. I consider my years of Chalvim as being a Talmud of Michal Katzer. 
He's the man that made me in my formative years. It was my learning privately with him that gave me more uh, than any of the shiurim there. Uh, it sounds like, you're, it sounds like I, your life is a history of private chavrusas with G'dayle Yolam. That's what it sounds like. Because you throw them out, like you name drop them, like, you know, like a, like a kid name drops all this is great sports figures. Oh, I was learning B'chavrusa with Rav Weinberg, and then I was learning B'chavrusa with him. Sounds like, sounds like you were mamish, like such a, an ish chosh of ma'od that, that everybody wants the chance uh, to be mischamim with the Madura G'dayla. But what do you care? Are you jealous? Are you jealous? I'm saying it sounds like it didn't come from a sheer. It's like he's he's just just he's because saying, my brother's about Kishon, you're jealous of him. Well, anti-Zionist. He wasn't a uh, he wasn't like you know uh, as in uh, not to be Mizgara Bagoyim and things like that. A lot yeah, of things that go you know, as a package deal, a package deal with being anti-Zionist. You know, he, like you said, you know, when the Arabs start acting up, mow them down, right? And 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 if you blink, you give them greater moral standing. I don't think you'd hear the Satmarov say that. You know, he, he was his own man. And, you know, and, and so certain things, you know, happened to be the same as these people say, but certain things were as, you know, totally different people say. And I heard him talk about Rabbi Yashaber. And I heard him say that there's a love in Boston. And he said that if he would have been, if he would have had the courage or something to have, to have been in the yeshivas, he would be the Godel Biyasro, he would be the Koyach. And he was misowning on the fact that Rav Yashaber decided to uh, you know, have his position in YU. He thought that this was one of the great losses that the yeshiva world had, that they weren't able to have Rav Yashaber. Did you ever hear any? I heard him say that. Did okay, you ever? I mean, I, look, I heard things that are very similar. On, on more than one occasion, on more than one occasion, I asked him about Rabbi Soloveitchik, and, uh, and he said, as far as Lomdus, you know, one of the best, you know, listening to a shir from him is an Oineg Ruchni in Lomdus. Uh, but, you know, but because of the Derech Eretz that he had for his wife, right, and in general Kalus Adas, you know, so in, in Ashkafa and in Halacha, he's totally crooked. Yeah, I thought he wasn't a big fan of Rabbi Yoshebar. I'm surprised. No, in, in, in Lomdus, he held I heard him say that if much. he would have been a <laughs> in the yeshiva world, he would have been the top. He would have been, the, and, he would have been and he says it's a tremendous loss that he did not join in some sort of yeshiva where he could have been mashpia from his Torah. And, yeah, uh, I mean, well, yeah, but I mean... It's, sounds like an autobiographical remark on Rabbi Weinberg's part. What? Sounds like an autobiographical remark by Rabbi Weinberg. Projected out to somewhere else. What? Why? <laughs> what he's saying is he was really talking about himself, but using uh, Rabbi Yashabir. Let me ask, let's finish up over Rabbi Weinberg. Do you, I mean, we all know that he had a stormy uh, stint as the Rashiva in, in Narius Roll's sniff in Toronto. When he was in Narius Roll in my time, even in your time, there was always a, a sense he had his people but there was always, as you say, a sense of the maverick about him. Do you think he was cut out to be a Rosh Hashiva for such a large yeshiva like Mary Yisrael? I mean, maybe that was just a bad fit with Atchilo. That's right. Uh, now that I heard it from an interesting source, Rav Yosef Tundler, the Rosh Mechina. The Kibbelevich should be talking about that. That's too good, boss. Some people rip toilet paper. Ich red von Tendler. Okay. Let's hear about Let's hear what Tendler had to say. Let me. All right, fine. So, I was a lifeguard in Muganov 
I work for the great Mo Stavsky, who I haven't heard from in years. Uh, anyone hear from him? Yeah, he's doing well. I just heard he has, he has a new job doing something interesting, but I forgot what it was. Yeah. Okay. All right, fine. That's very informative. Okay, great. So the, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway. We'll, we'll make sure. So, listen, okay, okay. So now, the, 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 uh, the nurse, the nurse of Muganov was Rebetzin Tendler. Yes, Esther. Rebetzin Tendler was Esther. the nurse of Muganov. Esther okay. Pear Tendler. That's right. So now I needed a ride. It was, the summer was over. I needed a ride from Muganov back to Baltimore. Uh, I hope you got, got out a, of your, I And you I got, got a your, ride with Rav Yosef Tendler. Did you get out of your swimsuit first? I did. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, I, well, I put on the galoshes, you know, the uh, slides. Anyway, the, uh, so, you know, anyways, so I was. Uh, he liked so, driving a car, I'm telling you. He was, he loved driving. All he right, was, so that's he right. Was like, you you could have, I'm telling you, he could have, in a different life, he would have been a truck driver. Well, you know, I'm telling you. Go I'm telling you. He, he loved to drive. Straight. He drove it straight from the Catskills all the way to Baltimore. Yes, yes. He could have gone, gone all the way to Key West. He could have gone all the way to Key West. Okay, let's hear the story already. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So it was a very, it was an excellent, it was, it was the time I most got, you know, the best quality time I was with Joseph Tendler uh-huh. uh, because, you know, my other encounters with him, which were very sporadic, uh, were never anything really meaningful. Uh, you know, that's the. It, it's you know, almost. It almost sounds the way uh, Rabbi Yechonen said. What it was it Rabbi Yechonen who said he saw a Churei Rebbe? Who was it that he? Or was, or was it who was it who saw a Churei a Churei Rebbe Meir? Was that it? That's right. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Yechonen saw a Churei Rebbe Meir as he was running away. So Baruch Hashem, you had this host to sit in this. I don't know. No, this time, this time in the car was very, very special, and we spoke a lot of, about a lot of things. You no, know, it was like a, you know, it was, a, it was a few hours straight. Amongst the things that, you know, Shlomo Kalbach, when he used to visit Lakewood, used to stay in Yosef Tendler's room. Uh, um, and he had a few stories like that also. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time. And then we started talking about Rabbi Weinberg. Okay? And and amongst the things that he said is that at one point, and maybe it was shortly after the uh, Pizzuts in uh, in Toronto, Said Rabbi Warnberg told me, you know, my kichas are for the yechidim, not for the tzibur, not for the wide audience. One of the great, I always tell this story over, when Rabbi Aaron, who Tenler kept on, we never stopped talking about how much of a Talmud he was of Rabbi Aaron, right? When he kicked me out for the first time, he, he told me over <laughs> the great seaboard that he had with Rabbi Aaron. Uh, 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 my Rebbe, uh, Rav Aaron, right? he always was, um, did, he, did he talk to you in the car, how close he was to Rav Aaron, and Rav Aaron gave him Aitzis and Adrocha, how to be a... a, a Interestingly a enough, not really, we, we, uh, between Kalabach and Rabbi Weinberg, we ate up the whole five hours. I see. Anyway, I'll go upon him. Tenler, what, anyway, Tenler was very close to Rav Aaron, he and Rav Heinemann. Supposedly, Rav Aaron sent both of them to Ner Yisrael and to Baltimore, so... Um, yeah, that's another thing on, on Rav Aaron's schools. But the... Um, uh, okay, no, I, by the Rav way... Aaron, Rav Aaron was the Shabkin. Wait, One second. Okay. Rav, Rav Aaron was the Shabkin of, 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 of Rebetzin Weinberg and Rav Yaakov Weinberg. He was the one who discovered, uh, and he came over to Rav Rudiman, and he said, you know, so Rav Rudiman said, to which Rav Aaron said, without, a, without missing a beat, face to face, 
In other words, I don't know, but what he does know, he knows better than you do. And I think that's really the aside of, of, of Rav Weinberg, his, his hamoka, his havana, um, his, his ability uh, to really, and, and that's, I think, why students who are like you and others uh, are attracted to that, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, and I think that's, that's part of what can, he can envelop. And, and you're right, that's really for, you know, it's, it's, it's for a limited type of Talmud. Uh, who is willing, and, and you can see the tree, the Rav Weinberg tree was very interesting, whether it's Rav Moshe Hachman or Rav Yochanan Zweig, uh, Rav Uzi Malevsky, all these people are is all... Is Rav Nachman the same type of time as Rabbi Weinberg? I think so. Um, I think so. He is told me that when he was, he was his Rosh Mechina, and he used to go to him constantly when he was his Rosh Mechina. Because yeah, always a pilot to me, because Rabbi, I don't see the Kabbalistic connection between uh, Rabbi Weinberg and Rav Nachman. I, we, he didn't get that from Rabbi Weinberg, right? Uh, I never heard him say, but I actually once told me a Hezber in a, in a, in something uh, which I, I bring in my safer. They heard from Rav Weinberg on why Kishimonim Das Amonim Kesser Kishimonim Kesser Amonim Das. Oh yeah, uh, and he told me a Hezber. He heard in it from Rav Weinberg, and it's actually in my book. Uh, yeah. Which Iker? You know, yeah. Listen, I think Rav Weinberg. Uh, you know, he uh, he. Uh, <laughs> Initially, it was a lot more open with, uh, you know, uh, his engagement in Kabbalah, and I think he uh, hit it much more. Uh, What's in interesting is years. that Rav Weinberg was well known for the group that I mentioned, and that was Rav Nochem Lansky and Rav Yochanan Zweig, Moish Hachman, uh, and Uzi Malevsky, a little bit younger. My good friend Rav Yaakov Meshapupko was also my Rebbe for a while. They, but they told me, and I heard from that part of what Rav Weinberg introduced them to was, was, was Maral, and of course, here we get to this uh, sort of opaque area between Mahshava philosophical thought and Kabbalah. Many people will tell you that you can't understand Maral unless you're Miyasidit on Kabbalistic principles in some way. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's really perhaps another type of gilui of, uh, of mystical thought. Did you ever, did you also find that Rav Weinberg was, was your gateway to the Maral or, or not so much? Uh, no, not so much. Uh, you know, uh, it was my just my gateway into uh, correct thinking, you know, correct methodology and learning. And uh, I used to discuss with him just, you know, topics, you know, my uh, my chavrusa with him for over for about seven years, you know, you know, once a week for seven years, sometimes with long breaks in between uh, if he was busy or traveling. You know, was a, the springboard was the yeshiva's masechta, but he would let me ask him anything. You know, I, wonder I, if, I wonder if Rabbi Tzuriel and Rabbi Lachman attributed their in, interest in Maharal, I know there's different generations, to, uh, the, their, to Rabbi Weinberg. Uh, they don't seem to regard themselves as Talmidim who fucking Rabbi Weinberg. Ramashat Tzuriel, yeah. Not, uh, don't know. Maybe Yochanan has an insight in that. Yeah, well, yeah. Because again, Rafutner seems to have uh, stamped so much of what we call the yeshiva shavelt of a certain derech and machshava. Did he consider Rafutner in in many ways his rebbe? I mean, yeah, but I never heard him uh, refer to him as you know Murray Varabi or Admor or anything like that. If you showed him a pachad Yitzchak, he would be uh, you know he was not necessarily biased in favor. He would you know evaluate what would be said there. You know, like he critically evaluated anything. Uh, when I the little bit I heard from him, man, you know, he always referred to him as Rav Hutner, called him Rav Hutner. 
and uh, you know, and I understood that what he got from Futner was uh, kind of what I got from him also. You know, the opportunity to talk about anything you wanted to talk about, not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, um, being, you know, uh, you know, a Talmud Yoshev there just absorbing the shiurim. It was a, uh, it was, a, but also, it was a different time. This was when Rav Hutner was clean shaven. Mm-hmm. This was, uh, you know, uh, this was when he was, you know, the hip rabbi, for lack of a better way of saying it. This was before. Uh, he put on the uh Yeah, Sura And you know, and I think that when Rav Weinberg was by him, that's when he was the cool rabbi that you know people used to hang around because he was clean shaven and yeah. very well read and you could talk to him about anything. Right. And the guys yeah. from this generation, you know, Rav Nayach also, you know, who I worked by, I worked by Rav Nayach in Asia Torah. Right. Uh, Rav Nayach also was by Rav Hutner during uh, the clean shaven Kufa. Right. Uh, let, let me say two things about this. The first thing is, is that when we talk about obfuscation and writing clearly, Papa Yitzchok is a is is almost like a tour de force of hidden machshava and not really saying things directly. It's it's a way to poetically, uh, you know, stir the pot without being right in your face. Um, and, and therefore, I would assume that Rev Weinberg, if the way you're describing this correct, would find the safer somewhat beautifully written, but not necessarily yeah. some Pagans was written by by by, by Brewer. I understand. Okay. Right. So but, Rav, safer. Right, but, but, right, yeah, but, but it, 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 it's it's not like look, you know, it's not a safer that I can see, oh, this is what you have to build your your machshava on. You have to oh the Chaimitsa Kaplan told me that's what I should do. But yes, it's not a safer that's going to be the building block of, of, of it was you know, I coming from there, Yisrael, I had the supposed to hear of Weinberg, to speak with him once, just one, actually, I came to him for a very important thing, and I did talk with him, and I, I was very moved by, by, by our conversation. Um, but I was, uh, it always shocks me how Rav Noach, the younger brother, like, is the big shame tover. Rav Noach is like the one who made the whole Iber Karanish of Kiruv and Klal Yisrael, and Rav Noach is really the one everyone knows about. Did, did that ever bother you at all, that Rav Noach, who was in my mind, was the was the intellectual inferior of his brother. Uh, somehow, is the one who gets all the pub as being this, you know, the the great spirit of of the twentieth century. Look, why should it bother me? It was, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, one was one was in you know teaching and 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 uh, formulating uh, formulating Havana. The other one was in activism, you know, and he was. Uh, you know, his teaching days was try to, you know, figure out ways to say things short and catchy, short and catchy, you know. And uh, which love said, gave Rabbi Yaakov great cover. I don't think that there was an issue there. There wasn't an issue there. I don't see, I don't see any issue. And, but, yeah. and it but doesn't then, bother me. It was like, you know, two different, they, they, they served the cloud in two different ways, you know. I think they, they played, I think they, they complimented each other very well. Sort of like Yochanan and, and Yosef Gabriel. Sort of, sort of like in the oh, same whatever. way. Yeah, neither of us has a big moisten. No, yeah. Anyway, you know, but anyway, but, but, uh, but, but you know, but listen, you know, the point is that you know the wine proposed were by Rafut. I guess you didn't warn with you didn't warn with Nayah I did for a short oh, okay. while. Okay, of course. Go ahead. For a short while, but but Masil Sisharim. Oh. Uh, Masil Sisharim and I was supposed to uh, write up Rem- his uh, Yeah, I was about to say Nayah my my brother to write up his notes on Masil Sisharim. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, work, it didn't work out in the end, but he was going. It didn't work out. It didn't, it didn't yeah. work out. And uh, what about 
it didn't work out. I'm sure that, but you know, yeah. But the, the point I'm trying to get to is uh, that the interesting thing that I saw is that you know, the, the, the people that saw uh, Rafutner transition ultimately into a rabbi, they were, you know, and they knew him as the cool rabbi, you know, that they enjoyed schmoozing with. And that, that's, you know, and that's what, that's how he got them, because they could talk to him about whatever was on their mind. You know, they were Donim Lekafskus in the sense that because the guys coming up the ranks were so shallow, they needed it. He did it for them. He did it for the guys. You know, like Kiel Rafutner was would have wanted to stay the cool, clean-shaven rabbi Be'etzev. The, the shallow American buffer coming up the ranks, they needed a rabbi. So he did it he for was, them. That, he I, wanted, I, I heard that from Rav Could be. He wanted to keep Rav Cook's picture on the wall, but he felt forced to take it down for Rav Chazanish. Anyway. Whether it was due to the shallowness of the Chaymer he was working with, he definitely was uh, the one who created a whole type of yeshiva bacher, this Chaim Berlin uh, type of uh, you know, Vosik uh, uh, mentality, which really is is quite unique. And you know, it, it really, again, whether it's how much of it is artifice and how much of it is the chinuch of the of the author from Slobodka, I don't know. But he definitely created something, which is more than we could say about Rav Weinberg in terms of creating a certain type. Rav Weinberg, like you say, has Yechidim like you, Lachman, maybe others. Uh, but you know, Rav Simchas this was son. He yeah. said that when he went to see Rav Futner, he started walking out backwards because he knew Rafutna was Makbid and would shut the door if he didn't walk out backwards from his office. So Rafutna said to him, that's for the American trash. You can walk out the normal way. <laughs> okay. Well, well I'll, tell you, look, I'll tell you a very similar story that I heard from Noach Weinberg about Rafutner. Right? Rafutner uh, was in Pachad Yitzchak in Harnov, you know, and uh, Noach, who was a Talmud, you know, uh, so to speak, went to, you know, and not, you know, went to speak to him about something. And so he gets online, right? And so, uh, so uh, Chaim Berliner from a later Tkufa than R- when Rav Noach was there, you know, uh, you know, knocks on the door and her foot nurse screams him, you come here without an appointment? What am I? I work for you? You come back only after you have an appointment. And then he knows Rav Noach and said, Roshiva, I don't have an appointment. Ah, it's for those guys. Come in. Like he used to like switch gears. If he met guys from their earlier Tkufas, he would like transition back into, you know, switch gears, you know, back to what, the way he was. That's very appropriate for as you'll hear, right? So I had, you know, by Suda Shlishis in, uh, in, in Houston, Texas, in Bet Rambam last week. So they asked me, uh, you know, it was actually my idea when I made the schedule with Rabbi Massery uh, that I'll learn a Zayar together with the Tzibor there. Learned the Zayar. And then just and I couldn't help speak out at the beginning of the uh, of the shmuz that you know the difference between my two spiritual fathers because I was constantly built throughout the week as being a Talmud of Yaakov Weinberg and a Talmud of Moshe Shapira that was the constant theme you know this is where we come to a, a real you know we're Bet Rambam and I'm learning Zohar and you know and Rav Moshe Shapira was from I mentioned Rav Ruin Margolis Rambam Bazar and you know and then and Rav Yaakov Weinberg did not believe the Rambam had the Zohar the terms are totally different. All right, uh, and uh, then we learned the Zohar together. Uh, yeah, Daf Kuf Pe'alif on Miut Halavana has to do with Hanukkah. Anyway, so um, you know the uh, after the uh, after you know right before benching, so I'm smoothing with Masary about that and the Rambam and you know and, and the Zohar and how you know uh, the the type of research Ravu and Margolius and 
the Radal in the Kadmus Sazar did of finding references to you know, Chazalin that are quoted by earlier Rishonim before the Zohar was ever published, proving that it's you know it's authentic. You know, it's it's part of our Masora just from Moshe de Leon put it out into the public, right? So now he said that you know it, there's yet is not it has not yet been published. It is coming soon. You know the correspondences between Schneer Lyman and Gershon Shalom, right? They had a correspondence, right? So, uh, so and and Gershon Shalom, you know, uh, you know, said you know, Dilion made up the Czar Rachman Alitzan, Afar Afar Lepume, right? And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, he was a secular. Candidate. He flip flopped on it. Actually, Shalom had different periods. He okay. Actually, no, okay, maybe you should learn something. So I still for a minute. Then this is Shalom, Shalom himself went through different kufas on this. You said Offer Lapume, but Shalom basically went Well, Offer Lapume anyway, it was a bad guy, you know. Uh, look, it can Shalom, okay? So I know about him. He actually he actually wrote in he has two different kufas. Once he was actually, yes, it's a, a for it's a forger of Majigalion. And a later Tkufa, he actually went back and started really adopting whether it was the Radal's Rayas or others, and this has actually been, uh, there's a big article. No, it wasn't. That's the point. It was Schneer Lyman who changed his mind. Uh, That's okay, what ahead. I'm revealing. Uh, go ahead. Right? So, but here's the thing. So Schneer Lyman and his correspondence with him quotes from Jerome. Jerome. Saint Jerome, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You call him the same. Fine. Anyway, so Jerome, <laughs> right, I'll call Roger Moore the saint too. You know what I'm saying? The saint. Okay. This is, people don't right. know who Jerome is. Yeah, Jerome from the from the yeah, right. Catholic. Yeah. All right. So Jerome puts in his writings that there was a certain passage that the rabbis explained to him as such. Right. And there's no such chazal like that in our Makars except the Zohar. Except the Zohar. And he said he showed it to Sholem and blew him away. Oh. So Jerome, right? So 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 pasuk for Nitzelna, right? Jerome is another raya for you know Kadmus Azar. That the Zohar was that ancient, you know, that from that Kufa, which is Yamaraim, you know, roughly, right? right. Uh, right. You know, it, it's that old, right? right? Ezra Yaakov Mendon says in the Pachas Forum that even if the, the even though he himself was a critic about certain parts of the Zohar, he felt it definitely was. From a later scoop of Amaroyim, who traced themselves back. I just want to just one point of what's happening to Rabbi Yechon. You, you kind of touched Rabbi Avram in the wrong spot because he's the scholar here, and you here impinged on his status as the scholar by <laughs> quoting Schneider Lyman and Jerome. So now he has to get back at you and show that he's really the scholar. Okay, look, okay, go ahead, go ahead. No look, look, I have to get back at you and show something. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the, perhaps you're right. Although, again, um, <laughs> I think it's just a buildup. This whole hour has been a buildup. It's not. It's not this shown little little tidbit that got me going. I think. I think it's basically the whole hour of Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda and Mayor. But it's all right. I loved having you on. We're going to have you my back. Pleasure. We're going to have you back. Obviously, look. You know, obviously, the, the belt out there. Uh, it's it, it's a wonderful, phantasmagorical belt. And it's been a pleasure, Rabbi Yechon and Meir Bechafer, uh, to hear about these two fountains of Ashba, these two great Bali Machshava uh, that that were able to to influence this this young little boy from Queens, 
uh, and turn him into this intellectual powerhouse that is now um, in such great demand all over the United States. We only wish you the, the most brachan atzlocha. Uh, we hope that uh, with we hope you'll be back, despite Rabbi Abraham's talking to you. We hope you'll be back. Just I'll go some territory. Anytime, gentlemen. Okay, tell me. All right. Okay. Wonderful, 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 wonderful,